I know for the past number of weeks, uh, Pastor Jim has been sharing with you in a theme called United. And uh, he started into a, a new series last week. And uh, today I'm trying to pick up the ball for him in regard to that as we talk about giving up our rights, having freedom from rights. You know, of all the jewelry that people can buy and people can wear, I think the coolest piece of jewelry to me is the ring that the professional athletes get when they win their world championship. Yes, they're a, a gaudy, big, showy, bold, audacious piece, but I have seen them and they're, you know, they're just plain cool. After winning the Super Bowl a few years ago, the New York Giants got their rings. And it looked like this, if you'd put up that first slide. Isn't that something? That's what it looks from the outside. There are four diamond-studded trophies representing the four championships of the Giants that the Giants have won over the years. And since their primary color is blue, it's also surrounded by blue sapphire. Pretty cool, huh? What made this, to me, one of the, the coolest Super Bowl rings of all is what is inscribed on the inside. Can you read that? All in. They had that inscribed on the inside of their ring to remind every teammate that the reason they won the championship is because everybody on the team went all in for everybody else. Not just for themselves, but the guy that lined up next to them and the guy that lined up next to them and the guy behind them, everybody else. When someone playing poker believes they have the winning hand, they go all in. They bet the farm, as they say. They cash out. They lay everything on the line, and they empty their pockets. There's one big difference between going all in in poker and going all in in life for Jesus. When you go all in for Jesus, when you decide to become an all-in and all-out follower of Jesus, you, do not, you, you don't do it just for Jesus, but you do it for those who don't know Jesus. In fact, when we go all-in for Jesus, you take yourself completely out of the picture. You're out of the equation. In Luke 9.23, we read what Jesus said to the folks that day. He said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Going all in means you deny yourself. You die to yourself and you devote yourself completely to Jesus when Jesus died on the cross, he went all in. But he didn't go all in for himself. He went all in for, for you and for me. 
He went all in for others. We're to do exactly the same thing. Today, we're going to look at the life of a man who did exactly that. He literally went all in for those who are not all in. All in isn't an action, but an attitude. It's, it's a whatever-it-takes attitude. Whatever it takes. This attitude is described beautifully in the passage we're, we're going to study today from 1 Corinthians 9. I want you to listen to it from the version of a, called The Message that Eugene Peterson wrote some years ago. He writes, Even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people. Religious, non-religious, meticulous, moralist, loose living, immoralist, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Jesus. But I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I have become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did all of this because of the message, the good news. I didn't want to just talk about it. I wanted it to be in on it. In other words, Paul was saying for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ and for people who don't know God, I will do anything, I will go anywhere, I will pay any price, I will endure any cost. I will make any sacrifice to win anyone at any time that I can to Jesus when it comes to others, and especially others who don't know God, I am all in. Five times. Five times in these five verses, Paul talks about winning others. He believed he had in Jesus and the gospel the winning hand. He was determined to go all in for both this, his, this message and his master. Here's what he's going to teach us and take this statement. Take this statement with you forever. The key takeaway is this. To be all in, you have to give all up. There was a writing stable one time that actually had this sign posted for people who wanted to ride one of their horses. Would you put that slide up? We have fast horses for folks who like to ride fast. We have slow horses for folks who like to ride slow. We have big horses for big people. We have little horses for little people. For those who have never ridden horses before, we have horses that have never been ridden before. <laughs> That probably doesn't work out so well, does it, Emily? <laughs> what 
they were saying, really saying, we're going to do everything we can to get everybody we can to ride one of our horses. You know, we, we maybe ought to take some, something of that nature and put it on our, post it on our church sign. We're going to do everything we can to reach as many people as we can for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Those of us who know God should be all in, doing all that we can to reach people who are far from God. I say it again. To be all in, you've got to give all up. To be all in comes at a price. To be all in comes with a cost. There are some specific things we have to give up as a church. And you have to give up individually if you're going to be all in for Jesus and for others. The winning hand means we must be willing to give up our preferences. Paul writes in verse 20, To the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. Paul was a Jew, but he wasn't just an ordinary Jew. He was a brand new Jew. He was a, a free Jew. He was no longer under law. He was under grace. His life was under new management. He no longer had a legalistic relationship to God, but he had a loving relationship to God. Paul had something the other Jews didn't have. He had freedom. Specifically, he had freedom from the law. Remember that the, that the Jew of Paul's day was a person of legalism. They felt and were taught that they had to keep the law to be right with God. From the moment that Paul met Jesus, he realized he was no longer under the law, but he was under liberty. Liberty doesn't mean you get to do what you want to do, but it means you get to do what you ought to do. Paul was still under God's moral law, but he was no longer under the ritual law. He understood that being right with God wasn't dotting the, every religious I and crossing every ritualistic T. Yet Paul said, when I am with the Jews, I will submit myself to their laws and their requirements so that they will listen to me, give them the message that can free them from the law. When he was with the Jews, he became a Jew. Whatever their ceremonial law dictated, he was willing to do it. If they didn't eat pork, he didn't eat pork. If they didn't eat meat sacrificed to idols, then he didn't eat meat sacrificed to idols. Why did Paul do this? He didn't do it to appease them or even to affirm what they believed. He did it in order to open a door of opportunity that he might reach them with the gospel of Jesus. In other words, 
Paul said, I will do what I don't have to do, and I will even do what I don't want to do if it will help others to do what they need to do. Once Paul met Jesus, he realized he could eat pork, he could pick up sticks on the Sabbath, and he no longer had to sacrifice a lamb. But he was willing to lay aside his preferences in order to give him uh, an open door for people who needed Jesus. Understand, understand there's a difference between compromising a conviction and minimizing a preference. Paul never gave up his convictions, but he did give up his preferences. There's nothing wrong with having preferences, and there's nothing wrong with having different preferences. There's something wrong when you elevate a preference to a conviction. Style is a preference. Substance is a conviction. The style of music that we do in worship is a preference. The style of dress that we choose to come to worship in is a preference. In fact, that our music should honor Jesus and speak biblical truth, and the fact that Jesus should be decent, our dress, let's do that again. In fact, that our music should honor Jesus and speak biblical truth, and the fact that Jesus should be decent, our dress should be decent, not necessarily dressy is a conviction. This is a great illustration of what I'm talking about in Acts the ch chapter 16. There's a young man named Timothy whose father was a Gentile and therefore he was considered to be a Gentile. Timothy loved God and he was all in reaching people. Jesus... <laughs> Uh, but in verse 3, uh, Paul tells us, Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places. For they all knew that his father was a Greek. Hmm, why did Paul do that? Paul didn't believe that Gentiles needed to be circumcised to be saved. In fact, Paul had finally learned that a relationship with God has nothing to do with what you look like on the outside, but what you believe on the inside. So why did he do this? The reason he did it wasn't to make legalists happy. He wasn't compromising a conviction he, but he wanted Timothy to be able to identify with those Jewish people, and he wanted them to give Timothy a hearing of, for the gospel. He wanted them to hear what Timothy had to say about Jesus. He wanted Timothy to meet these people right where they were. When you go all in and reaching people for Jesus, you will build bridges and burn barriers. Most churches do just the opposite when it comes to reaching people who are far from God. 
They build barriers and they burn bridges. If we're going to be a church that reaches the next generation, we have to give up our preferences. If we're going to reach people who are far from God, people who are on the outside looking in, we're going to have to willingly and even joyfully accept those who don't live the lifestyle we wish they did, who don't look exactly the way we wished they would look, and who don't dress the way we wish they would dress. To be all in, you've got to give all up. We must be willing to give up our privileges. As Paul says in verse 21, to those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. Now Paul moves from the Jew to the Gentile. He moves from the the super-religious, never-miss church, go to confession, go to communion, have catechism crowd, to the party-hearty crowd. For this crowd to go all in didn't mean to give it up, but it meant to live it up. Paul said to those who live without the law, I'll do without the law. Don't understand, don't misunderstand, don't misunderstand what Paul was saying. He was referring again to the moral law. But to the ritual law, the ceremonial law, those are the things he was attacking. Paul wasn't saying, if you want to reach drunkards, you've got to get drunk. He wasn't saying that. If you want to reach adulterers, you've got to commit adultery. He wasn't saying that. What he meant was, he did just the opposite with the Gentiles that he did with the Jews. When he was with the Gentiles, he dropped all of those rituals and ceremonial traditions. When he was with the Jews, he followed their customs. He observed their feast. He kept their Sabbaths. He followed their dietary laws. When he was with the Gentiles, he didn't do any of that. So I'll put it this way. When he was with the Gentiles, he would eat barbecued pork. When he was with the Jews, he would eat barbecued beef. Now Paul isn't being deceptive. He was simply putting down the privileges that he had so he could eliminate any hindrance, tear down any wall, break down any barrier, or move any excuse that anybody might give why they wouldn't listen to him and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why he goes on to say in verse 22, to the weak I became weak that I might win the weak. Who are the weak? This referred to immature believers who really didn't understand that in Jesus Christ they were free. There were still some brand new Jewish believers who even even though they had trusted Jesus still thought they had to observe the Sabbath 
attend synagogue, follow all the dietary laws, maintain the feasts, and observe all these ceremonies to be right with God. Paul just simply said, when I'm around them, I'll act like them, and I'll gently show them the right way. These Jewish believers didn't believe in idols. They believed in God. They had no trouble eating meat sacrificed to idols because they knew there was no such thing as an idol. On the other hand, many of these Gentiles had come out of paganism. They had been saved out of idolatry. So when he was with them, he wouldn't eat meat sacrificed to idols. Hmm. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, under these circumstances, what did Paul do if he was sitting with both Jews and Gentiles, and the Jews felt it was okay to eat meat sacrificed to the idols, but the Gentiles felt it wasn't. Well, that's easy. He would just eat more chicken. (laughs) Here's the point. Paul's not talking about compromise. He's talking about compassion. To compromise is to set aside truth to either change the gospel or so weaken the gospel that it doesn't mean anything. And we're not going to do that. We're never going to do that. To show compassion means we're going to take anything away that would unnecessarily offend other people. Would unnecessarily keep people from coming to Jesus would unnecessarily cause people to never come back. Too often we wait on people to come up to the level when the gospel calls to get down, get down to their level. If we're going to reach people far from God, we're going to have to give up our privileges. We must be willing to give up our prerogatives. Here's the overriding principle. Here's what Paul says in verse 19. For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. I want to tell you that's absolutely one of the most incredible statements that anyone has ever made anywhere, anytime, anyplace. Let me tell you why. Normally, a slave would do anything to win his or her freedom. In this case, Paul said, I am going to give up my freedom to become a slave. Though I have Jesus Christ in my life and I'm free from having to please anybody else, I am free from everybody's laws and everybody else's expectations. I am going to willingly become a slave to those who are far from God that God might use me to bring them close to him. Do you know what that attitude is? Do you know what that heartbeat is? It's the winning hand. It's the winning hand. 
It's understanding that to be all in, you give all up. When you give all up and you go all in, that's when you win it all. You win it all. Not just people for Jesus, but the approval of Jesus. During the 19th century, the Dutch ruled a region of South America that's now known as Suriname. A group of missionaries wanted to reach the people of a nearby island and, and tell them the good news about Jesus. The problem was that most of the islanders were slaves and the plantation owners had forbidden missionaries access to the islands because they were afraid they would that what would happen? They were afraid of what would happen if the slaves became Christians. These owners passed a law that said only slaves can talk to slaves. It looked like a barrier had been erected that there was no bridge across. These missionaries got together and prayed and talked and finally came up with a way to burn the barrier and build a bridge. They sold themselves into slavery, becoming slaves themselves so they could talk to the slaves. They worked at their sides, facing the same brutal treatment, harsh tropical climate and hunger and disease. They became slaves to share the good news of Jesus with people, with the people who otherwise would have lived in spiritual bondage and died without knowing Jesus. The colony did become Christianized. Many of the slave owners came to Jesus and an incredible revival broke out in that community. Think about it. From 11 men, 11 men in an upper room in Jerusalem, a movement began that eventually spread across Asia, Europe, and around the world so that today there are 2.6 billion people on this planet who profess to be followers of Jesus Christ. I think we ought to give a big hand. All because of a man who said, whatever it takes, I'll do anything. I'll go anywhere. I will pay any price. I will count any cost that I might win anybody I can to Jesus Christ. To be all in is to give all up. That's what Jesus did when he gave his life for us. That's the least we can do as we give our life to him. Let us pray. Eternal God, protector of all who put their trust in you, without who nothing is strong, nothing is holy, fill us with your mercy and your grace that, you, that with you to rule and guide we 
may so use the good things of this present life that we don't neglect those of eternal worth. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.